find our Bibles tonight. We're going to turn to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number 13. I love this time of year. Not for, for the, the, the decorations or the lights or anything like that, but for the fact that there is a, a shift in a lot of Christians' lives where they focus on the Lord and His coming, which reminds me of His second coming, which I can't wait for. When you find John 13, please stand. Look at here in verse 2. And the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he raises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not, to, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he saith, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. How, how free you are with the Lord and how loving you are toward us. Lord, help us to, to focus in, Lord, on your word tonight and glean what you'd have us to hear as in your name. Amen. They say the most important things are said on the deathbed of people. And I, I, I understand that concept because as I got to see my grandparents get worse and worse, I began to pay more and more attention to the conversation they would have together. Whether they were mentally all there or not, it didn't matter. I would, I would sit with them and I would listen to them talk and hear their stories and listen to what they would say because it seemed like the more and more they got closer and closer to death, the more important what they said was to me. I don't think that's any different than this instance with the disciples. Christ had been talking with them and telling them for a long time now that he had come to this world to die and to be the sacrifice. Whether they believed it or not wasn't the issue. The issue was that Christ was beginning to wind down his ministry on earth and to do what he came to do, what he was sent to do. And he was declaring unto them the importance in the last supper they had together. We see here that this is a beautiful picture. And I know some folks would, uh, would have you to 
think that it's, it's an ordinance, but I can tell you right now, we're not going to talk about how washing of feet is mandatory in the church. If you don't shower, we'll talk about it in private. But we're not going to start washing each other's feet going forward. And I'm thankful for that, personally. We see here that Christ has, has finished a beautiful thing. And as the disciples oftentimes are, they're confused at why it happened. We see here that he ends in verse 12 by saying, Know ye what I have done to you? It's a rhetorical question because obviously they quite didn't understand it. They were very confused by their master, their Lord and Savior, the one that they had proclaimed their love for and their, their, their desire to fight till the bitter end to protect him. Why was he washing their feet? Why was he humbling himself to be lower than them? Christ in verse 13 says, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Now, we know that it, it, there's a picture and example being done here. We know that the reason that they only washed the feet was because there was no need to wash the body. It was a cultural reason as well as a spiritual implication here where Christ is saying that you have not need to be washed holy again, just your feet. The, the, the cultural aspect was they would get you know, cleaned, they would do their, their ritual, they would wash themselves from head to toe, toe to head, dry off, all that goodness. But then they didn't have what we have nowadays, nice clothes, shoes. They didn't have any steel-toed boots. They didn't wear socks or stockings or leggings or whatever we have nowadays. No, they had open sandals. So even though they left the bathhouse fully clean, it was the walk from the bathhouse to the house where their feet got dirty because of sandals. Just how it went down. I grew up. Uh, not wearing shoes a lot because I grew out of shoes quite fast. So I would just wear my bare feet. You know, my wife was often the same way, just barefoot around the house. It was totally normal. Barefoot outside, totally normal. You ever played barefoot asphalt uh, football? I have, it hurts. But you grow calluses toward it. But I, I remember my grandparents' house, we'd go over and they would say, wash where? Behind your ears. <laughs> And then wash between your toes. That was the two things they, they, they either just wanted washed or wanted to remind us that we needed to pay attention to those things. As I, as I grew up and I, 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 as I matured, I understand that this passage is not just about the physical act of washing feet. But it is in fact the physical act of humbling oneself to the others around you. We see here that there, there, there's a picture that Christ paints. And it's a picture of servanthood toward others in service that you are with. It's a picture that gives us the example of what we are to do toward each other as we walk in this world together. And as we go forth and as we journey together, there is a part of us that gets dirty. And that is the feet, per se, of your spiritual life. 
We'll go through this real fast just to clarify what we're talking about. We see here that when he comes to Peter and when he gets to wash her, Peter says, no, well, don't wash no. And Christ said, I, I need to wash you, otherwise you have no part with me. Therefore, Peter says, well, wash all of me. But Christ makes it clear, once you have been clean, once you have been in this instance saved and, and you, have, you have been redeemed, there is no need to rewash your soul and your body. You can't get resaved. No, it's just your feet that need to be rewashed. Why is that? Why, 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 why the feet? Someone once said that the feet are lowest to the ground. Yet they smell as the high. <laughs> A commentator once said that even though your body may be clean, it is just the action of stepping outside that ruins the cleanliness of the foot. The fact is that the reason the feet is the picture here because we walk in this world together. We walk in this life together. We don't belong here. We're just pilgrims, but we're still walking in this world. And this world is full of filth. This world is full of temptation. This world is full of issues of life that whether we involve ourselves or not, the act of being here dirties our feet. Therefore, we have need to be washed. We know the illustration. We know the story. But I want to talk about the importance of Christ's humanity and his humble action of why we wash feet. We're going to bounce back and forth between two passages of Scripture, this one in Galatians 6. So go ahead and find your place in Galatians 6. But I want, I want to notice here that this is an illustration that Christ puts forth after he gave them the importance of gathering together. and After he gave them the importance of the Lord's Supper. If, if, you, if you notice that if you read through all four Gospels, this is right after the point where they were arguing about who's greatest in the kingdom. This is, this is after the point where, where, where some of them have asked Christ, who will sit on your right hand and who will sit on your left hand and who will be there by you and who will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And it amazes me that one of Christ's last actions toward his disciples was to humble himself even further than what he already was. To bend down and to wash their feet. I can handle a lot of things in life, but there's something about the smell of dirty feet. Those of you who have children or have roommates or just people you know, there's an odor that just sits with you for life. And it's the smell of stinky feet. When I think about this picture... I don't know if you have this great of imagination, but I can smell feet just by thinking about it. You ever had that odor stick with you where you're like, oh, that's, that's gross. And you know it, you can smell it, you can feel it, you can relive it. I look at this and I, I imagine Christ getting down and preparing to wash feet and all I can smell is, ugh, that's nasty. These disciples were, were, may have been hygienic individuals, but I guarantee you by the, by the time one of them that was toward the end of it saw Christ washing feet, he was looking at his, he was scrubbing off a little bit, he was cleaning the toe jam out, didn't want Christ to get too dirty with the feet. It's a nasty job. 
it's gross. <laughs> there is a, a group of people who believe this is an ordinance, and I'm glad we're not one of them. Because I love you guys, but I'm not washing your feet. Even my wife, I'd have a hard time washing her feet. Why? It's not something we're used to doing. I have a hard time washing my own feet. The smell just gets to you. I want to pose a question and then answer it as you walk through here. Why was Christ washing their feet? And why should we? We know why Christ was doing it. It was a picture for us. But why, why should we wash each other's feet? Why should we humble ourselves to the level below one another to wash our feet of each other? Why, why is that meant to happen? When Christ says here, he says, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for I am. But if then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you this example you should do as I have done. Turn to Galatians chapter number 6. Different context, same attitude. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thy also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Bear ye one another's burden. The simple answer to this is why, why should we wash feet is the question. The answer is because they all stink. That's not inspired. That's not, that's not super in-depth. No, it's not meant to be. The action of, of washing each other's feet, of bearing one another's burdens is, is the answer in itself. The reason we bear one another's burdens is because we all have burdens to bear. We all have issues of life that we work through. We're all in this world together. Why do you think Christ gave this example to those who were victims to go out and do great things for him? Oh, it's because he was, he was setting them up for greatness. No, he was reminding them of the importance that true leadership is servanthood to all those around you. We, we look at, at corporate America and, and the, the, the world they give to it. I get to be inside of it, but Rick does as well. You get to see the importance of leadership in the world. What do they say? They say that a leader is the who? Top dog. He's the one in charge. He's the one that, that gets to make calls. He's the one that, that directs and leads. He's the one that, that pulls and pushes and cracks the whip. And they say that he's the top of the pyramid. But Christ says true leadership is an upside-down pyramid where he's at the bottom. And all those he's serving is above him. Christ is making the importance of saying, no, no, it's not about you being greater than each other as they have been arguing about. No, the importance is you are to be humble and loving towards one another and so much so that you're willing to wash their feet. Peter says, you shall not wash my feet. Jesus says, yes, I will. 
The importance of washing each other's feet is a picture of bearing one another's burdens. You're not meant to go through this life alone. Christ didn't leave you here to be this, this lone ranger mentality. It was me and my spiritualness against the whole world. No, Christ left us here both to be a witness of him and for him, but more importantly for us to work alongside each other, bearing one another's burdens, loving on each other, lifting each other up in prayer. Why? Because we all need it. We all have stinky feet. For a split second, I thought about washing someone's feet tonight as an illustration. But it was like a hundredth of a second. And then I was like, nope. Not doing it. Why? Because we all have stinky feet. I think about myself as a person. When I go to the dentist, what do I do for like 30 minutes prior? I scrub my teeth and like I've never done before. Yeah, I brush morning and night. Don't get me wrong. But it's like the dentist office gets a special scrubbing where I, I'm flossing, I'm doing, I'm doing excruciating work because I'm afraid of the dentist being like, ah, you're not doing too well. When I go for a physical to the doctor, I, I, I probably use three times the soap I should just so I smell great. When I, when I go get a haircut, I'm scrubbing my head. I'm making sure that it's all good to go. Why? Because I, I care about what folks think of me. But when we look at our lives and a Lord that says, wash each other's feet, we have to understand that that may be, in fact, one of the most neglected and dirty parts of us. If we were to walk outside barefoot for a while, first off, ouch, we have some nasty sandburrs around here and, and there's rocks and this world's not designed for barefeetedness. But if we were to walk outside for a good 10 minutes and walk back inside, even if we broke a sweat, even if we, we, we worked up some sort of body odor, more than likely the stinkiest, dirty part is what? Still the feet. Because it has direct contact. Now, some of you have a talent of rolling around in the dirt for a while and coming back all covered in dirt, like pig pen would be. I don't have that talent. I did. I probably still could. But our feet have the contact, and they therefore get the, the, the filth of the world. I want to talk about, just real quickly, how we wash each other's feet. But I want to clarify this by a statement. We see Christ, who he is, who he was, how powerful he was, how great he was, even, even limited by his physical body. We see him as the son of man, the son of God, the, the, the literal embodiment of Christ on this earth. We see him raising folks from the dead. We see him speaking in calming storms. We see him, him uh, casting out demons. We see him doing miraculous things. And then he gave that power. He gave that ability to his disciples. So to whom he gave power to cast out demons, power to heal sickness, power to perform miracles, power to seek and to cure those who have infirmities, and power to turn the world upside down, he emphasized 
the importance of serving each other in humbleness and in love. Bear ye one another's burdens. We're left on this earth not to be great examples of Christianity. No, we're left on this earth to be great examples of Christ and who he was. And Christ was foremost a servant to all around him. I, whether you know a lot about Jewish culture or not, you know that very, very, very rarely was the master of the house the one washing feet. In fact, it'd be safe to say never. It wasn't the job of the master of the house. It was the job of one of the lowest servants. It wasn't the job of, of the one who owned and who, who provided everything to be the one washing the feet. No, it was, it was, it was his job to entertain and to, to, to lord over and his job to direct and to talk. No one paid attention to the one washing the feet. You know, when I think about Southwest Baptist Church and how far we've come, it's never been about us. I want to clarify that. It's never been about who fills this pulpit. It's never been about who fills these pews. It's never been about the importance of gathering to show each other how great we are. It's always been about how great Christ is and how wonderful Christ is and how important he is. And if we are to see that this time of season draws our mind toward Christ, draws our mind toward his, his miraculous coming, his greatness, his, his humble birth, we have to remember the purpose of his coming was to die upon the cross for our sins. And some of the most important things he gave us were the truth that we are to love one another as he loved us. And that requires serving one another. Can I tell you that, that Christ isn't looking for great leaders? He isn't looking for, for, for people to step up and, and take the reins and take control. He doesn't need that. He's not looking for those who are, who are willing to hop into high positions of leadership and be Lord over all those around him. No, he's not looking for that. He's looking for a servant willing to wash. We have a need in this world of those who are willing to humble themselves and to be servants to each other. How do we do that? Paul says, pray ye one for another. Paul says, confess your sins one to another. Not that we can, not that we can, oh, you're, you're healed, sister. You're good to go out. Guys, healed. No, that's not our job. We're not Catholics. But we are to pray for each other, to bear ye one another's burdens, and to, to humble each other to, to ourselves and to each other and say, hey, you're going through a tough time, let me take care of you. I love that this is a church who sees two fallen uh, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who see them having a need and we decide we'll fit that need. I can't tell you how frustrating it gets to me to hear folks talk about, oh, you, you hurt yourself, I'll pray for you. 
you having a hard time? I'll pray for you. Thank you. Someone once said that prayer is not as powerful as a hammer and nails when it comes to a, a, a roof in the, wing, in the wind. It's quite the backwards, backwoods mentality there. But there's an old story about uh, a gathering of, of deacons and trustees. They were listing off prayer requests. So-and-so's got health issues. So-and-so's got uh, <clears throat> uh, financial issues. And for th- seven weeks straight, they were praying that the Lord would, would send someone to take care of this widower's rooftop. He couldn't move, couldn't take care of himself. He had one of those, those uh, ramshackle roofs. It was corrugated metal bouncing around in the wind. And they said, hey, it needs to be nailed down and we've got to pray for it. And that God would send someone. And about week seven, someone was like, why are we praying for nails when we all have them? Why are we praying for hammers when we all own one? Why are we praying for someone to go when we all can? The idea is that we, we hear people say, I have an issue. I have a need. I love Wednesday night prayer requests. You know why? Because we all have a need. We all have issues of life. And we get to pray one for another. I, I love the, 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 the fact that we have a church that can, can go to each other and say, we have this need. Can someone help? And you know what? I'll take Monday night. I'll take Tuesday night. I'll take Wednesday. I'll take Thursday. I'll bake them that casserole. I love it. You know why? Because that's Christ. That's who he is. He is the God. He is the Lord. He is the master of all. Who bends down. Humbles himself. And washes our feet. John R. Rice said, The way we wash our feet with Christ is daily confession of sin, daily communication with Him, daily walking with Him, purifying, allowing Him to take us up as a loving shepherd does and dust us off of the filth we've gotten ourselves into, allowing God to, to arrest control of us and to clean off our bruises, to clean off our infirmities and to, to love on us. It requires submission. And he goes on to say, the way we bear each other's burdens is in love, in sacrifice, in the giving to each other from our wants and our own needs. If you're a part of this church, it's no accident. It's not. If you're a part of this community of individuals seeking to serve God, it's no accident. But if if, if you just get this, it's a question of the year. Why do we wash feet? Because everyone has need and everyone has this burden and everyone has this same filth that we walk in. As an individual who battles this particular part of me, I find myself aligning with Peter, not wanting my feet to be washed. You're going to wash my feet? No! That's pride, Peter. That's, that's pride. 
And I, I find that when someone wants to do something for me, I, I shy away like, no, nah, I'll be okay. Don't we all? No one wants to admit they have a need. Makes you weak. But sometimes the most important thing among the brethren is to be open and honest. In this season where Christ is Christmas, where the reason for the season is the Christ coming. In this season of how wonderful it is to be among friends and family. Don't forget the importance of why he came. He came to conquer, yes. He came to, to overrun. Okay, you're getting off track. He came to, 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 to have dominion. No, he did not. Christ came to die upon a cross and to wash the feet of his disciples. Bear ye one another's burdens. We do that by praying for each other, caring for each other, and fulfilling the needs that are prayed about and asked about when the time comes about. We're blessed in this church because we put Christ first. It doesn't stop here. It's going to continue to go. We're going to continue to have more and more growth. But it all starts with the reminder that we are servants to each other. We are humble towards each other. No one's in charge of anyone here. No one's lord over anyone here. Highest level of leadership in this church is Christ. And he said, this do to each other. Where, where are you tonight? Are you, are you finding yourself in need? Are you finding yourself in a, in a place of life where there's, there's problems and there's issues and there's, there's just things in your life that you find overwhelm you and you're caught up in the filth of this world? Have you need for your feet to be washed? Or maybe you're one of those that you, you have a good walk with God. Can I remind you there are, are people in this church who need their feet washed. Well, God should send somebody. Yes, he should. Well, there's a need, brother, and God needs it. Yes, he should. And you know what he has? Us. No one here is above the humble act of servanthood toward each other. For brothers overtaken in the fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in meekness. Why? Because that's what Christ did for us. That's what he does for us. Go ahead and bow your heads real quick. Back things are going to play some music.